Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always appreciated that you are checking in. I have the privilege of having my dad, Bill McLeod, with us today. How awesome is that? Dad will be sharing his testimony with us and a lesson as well. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you, Dad, for spending time with us. We really look forward to hearing your story. The difference Christ makes in your life is a story worth telling, so here we go. I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, raised in Newark, New Jersey, ministering in Pennsylvania since 1979. Dr. Charles Stanley wrote in one of his books, Don't ask God what he is doing to me. This could lead to bitterness, anger, and blaming God. Instead, thank God for what he is doing for me. This is acknowledging that God is in control, that we can trust him for the, for the people and the situations he allows into our life to mold us into the person he wants us to become that glorifies him. Romans 8.28 tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. It took me many years to understand the depth of what Romans 8.29 and 28 meant. Let me tell you, four words sum up my childhood. Hard, embarrassing, salvation, baseball. Living in inner city Newark, New Jersey, in a cold water apartment, no central heat or, or air conditioning, poor and unchurched in a broken family was hard, challenging, and often embarrassing. When I was about 12 or 13, my older brother Hank took my two younger sisters and me to church for the first time in our lives. In 1953, I asked the Lord Jesus to be my Savior and my life was changed forever. Second Corinthians 5.21 reads, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Baseball was my passion and outlet. My goal was to be a professional baseball player. During my senior year in high school, I had a trial with the, the old Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, New York, met Sandy Koufax and other players. A few years after my high school years, uh, both my parents died. I had to support my sisters and myself. I had to put off college at this time, worked at New Jersey Bell Telephone, where I met Lois, my wife-to-be. Lois was and is my greatest earthly gift from God. I asked my boss if I could work from 12 midnight until 8 a.m. so I could go to college full-time. I didn't sleep much for the next four years. Jumping ahead about eight years, Lois and I were now married with three young children. We were attending a church about 10 miles from our home. One day I said to Lois, I'm, try I'm drying up spiritually. I did not know these four words would be the turning point in my life. 
A few weeks later, on a Sunday morning, our children were sick. Our car had a flat tire. Lower stayed home with the children. I walked to a church one block from our home. We attended the church for the next four eight years. I taught Sunday school, started a Bible study at, at lunchtime at the public school where I was teaching. Over time, four teachers accepted Jesus Christ as a Savior. The Lord was speaking to me to serve him in a full-time ministry. I contacted Intercristo, a Christian placement agency. In 1979, we moved to Pennsylvania. We served as administrator of Christian Academy for the next 19 years. He helped to develop this Christian Academy. Uh, we read in Proverbs 16:3, Commit your work to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. This verse reminds me when we honor God, he will honor us as we bear fruit for him. On Sunday, January 12, 1979, I woke up saying these words, He's the one. I wrote these words on a piece of paper and went to church. That week I took these words and wrote a rough copy of a song, sent them to a friend to clean them up and put music to my first attempt at a song. Since then I've written many songs that have been used in churches, concerts, and conferences. For the past 20 years, I have been the minister of visitation for our church. I have been blessed over and over by the people and serious situations God has put into my life that I have drawn, drawn me closer to Him and molded my life. Allow me to share this poem with you, written by Philip Charles Brewer. It's called Five Loaves and Two Fishes. God uses what you have to fill a need which you never could have filled. God uses where you are to take you where you never could have gone. God uses what you can do to accomplish what you never could have done. God uses who you are to let you become who you never could have been. That reminds me of, the, of what God has done for me in the abundant life. I want to share a couple of thoughts about the abundant life. The word abundant speaks of being full or having plenty. I want to be clear. I'm not talking about being full of the world's material things like fancy cars, large homes, exotic vacations, expensive jewelry, etc., etc. In time, these things wear out. That is why people want more and more things. The flesh is never satisfied. Exodus 20, verse 17 tells us not to covet anything that separates us from your relationship with our God. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. The word they is talking about believers, children of God. Keep in mind, our God is an abundant God. Philippians 4.19 tells us, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Jeremiah 29.11, we read, 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This verse tells us four things. Number one, God knows the beginning from the end. He is in control. He wants the believer to live a stable life. Number two, his plan will prosper you, not in material things, but, but prosper you spiritually to become in Christ what the world can never do for you. Number three, God gives us hope. Psalm 39, 7, my hope is in you, Lord. And 1 Corinthians 15, 19, in this life we have hope in Christ. And number four, believers have a future. Our future is we will live in heaven with our Lord. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Joshua 1, 1 through 9. I'm not going to read these verses, but I want to share a couple of thoughts. For example, in verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you. Verse 5 again, the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 7, do everything written in God's word. You will prosper and be successful. Verse 9, God will be with you wherever you go. The world is fragile and broken. Psalm 23 verse 1 tells us the Lord is our shepherd. He's our guide. He's our protector. He's our provider. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18 tells us to put on the whole armor of God. Okay. Which includes God's truth, God's righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the word of God, pray always. These seven things equipped us to live the abundant life. The born-again believer living the abundant life is walking in newness of life, Romans 6, 4. Knows the truth shall set you free, John 8, 32. Is not conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2 is fighting the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6.12, has the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16, is trusting in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3.5. The abundant life has a purpose. That purpose is found in Matthew 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen, and thank you, Dad. That's really a remarkable insight with abundant life and sharing your testimony. I'm back home, and my dad and my mom and I, we had a great visit. My dad is 86 years old and has walked through quite a journey. I've watched him grow into the man he is today. Dad still co-teaches a men's Sunday school class. He does visitation at the hospital and speaks in the local nursing home once a month. It amazes me. 
and what a life he has had and such blessings now you know the golden years they really are cherished by him living an abundant life is the best way to live it's a mindset of living intentionally focusing on gratitude giving thanks for the blessings in our life rather than focusing on what has been taken away or what is lacking it's a sweet pocket of joy and loving like Jesus like many of you our family loves worship music it's truly a communication of adoration and our worship song today is who am I written by Bill McLeod my father and vocals by Ricky Murphy the link is to my website lauramcleod.com I'll put the link in the notes and you will find the song right there on the front page also if you have any prayer requests a specific prayer request I would love to pray for you and you can email me at comfortbites at gmail.com and also finally I would really like to fo focus on testimonies this year and if you would consider sharing your testimony your story with us please email me again at comfortbites at gmail.com and I will contact you and what a privilege it would be to have your story shared with us. God bless you all and thank you for being with us today. Mm -hmm.